the age of digital technology and big data is well and truly with us, but what does it mean for the sheep industry and the wool industry? Well, over the next 10 minutes or so, you're going to find out a little bit more about that. Hello and welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for and about the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming and with me is Ella Edwards. I'm really excited about this next episode. It's a really optimistic time to be in wool and the benefits of breeding sheep specifically for your region has never been greater. So MLP involves uh, five sites across Australia, doesn't it? So who, who's involved with it? Well, AWI have teamed up with the Australian Merino Sire Evaluation Association, AMSIA, and they'll be testing all things from wool measurements to carcass weight, visual traits and classing, joining pregnancy, you name it, they're testing it across um, all these five sites. Yeah, it, it is a really, really big project, uh, particularly when you look at the genomics, all the DNA testing, for example. But anyway, enough from us. Let's hear from the experts. And from AMPSIA, here's Ben Swain. 5,000 ewes that are going to be born in this project over the, the, the next couple of years, and they're going to be joined five times each and have five fleece records each and five carcass scanning. So you put all that together, it's massive data. It's 25,000 records on each of those traits. So it's the biggest data set that the Australian merino industry will have ever seen. Now, it is quite hard for people to get their mind around what Merino Lifetime Productivity Project is all about. You sort of summed it up at the end of your presentation by saying, It's all about finding out about relationships. That's right. It's about finding the balance between all of the traits that we as sheep breeders want to breed for. We want to breed for sheep that cut a lot of wool, rear a heap of lambs, produce lambs with great carcass, that carry little worms. We want to produce sheep that are that are confirmationally sound and, 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 and have great quality wool. All of those traits have relationships between each other that change over the life of an animal. So what the project's about is about investigating and collecting, as you said, big data on the relationships between those traits so we can look at it at the end of it, during the trial, at the end of it, and say, well, well what is the right balance? In what area? Because it depends where you are. It depends on your environment and your sheep type. So depending on those two things, you may be looking for a different balance of information. So there's perhaps never been a better time in history to get Merino's right in terms of a, a, a reward, a financial reward. So for, for Merino uh, producers, commercial uh, wool producers going into this, how do you explain their way into it? Because it is... It is a bowl of spaghetti when it comes to information here. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bowl of spaghetti. And I guess um, I guess sire evaluation's always been focused at the stud breeder. We're looking at stud size and we're looking about what size we should use. And that's the difference between sire evaluation and, and the MLP project, which is about the commercial wool grower. It's about, it's about how does a commercial wool grower use all of this information in selecting or to start with, to set up their breeding objective, you know, first point of breeding merino sheep is to set a breeding objective. What are you trying to achieve? That's going to be driven by your land type, your economics, what you're passionate about. So using information that we're generating here over the next five, six, seven years will allow commercial breeders to, to have a really good think about their breeding objective. And then once they've set their breeding objective, because they understand all those relationships, you know, you can't have it all. You've got to choose what you want, depending on your environment. And then you can set your breeding objective, go and find the genetic source that's going to suit your breeding objective. And this trial, 166 Merino rams over the, over the next eight years, huge amount of data to do that with. 
Now we're here at Balmoral. This um, SAR evaluation group has been going for many years, so they've got a bit of a head start on the other four sites with MLP. What are we learning from this site um, that is leading the way? Yeah, this site's great. It's, it's been running since uh, as a, a SAR evaluation site since 1998, so 20 odd years, and it was the first of our MLP sites for for the, the exact reason, they're just that they're so keen to, to, to push the boundaries and to always do new things. And, and I guess the key thing we've learned at this site that we're going to learn that we are implementing at the other sites is just the sheer opportunities that this project does. You know, we spoke there today about about the teeth eruption scoring. You know, which which genetics cuts their teeth earlier. You know, we never planned on doing that stuff at the start of the trial, but this site certainly led the way in finding the value adds to the MLP that really mean something to, 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 to the commercial wheelbarrow. So. And is it getting easier as, as technology evolves? Is it uh, the assessment and analysis of the data getting easier as supercomputers evolve? Oh, definitely. I think when we, um, we ask a question of our, um, of our, of our researchers, where are, you know, Ten years ago, it would take them a week to turn out an answer, and it's not because they're not doing it, it's because the computer takes that long to run. You know, now they can do it in a couple of hours. But the big thing that's different these days is, is not necessarily the analysis of the data, but the access to the data. So the guys here will preg-scan sheep on any given day of the week. That data will be with me in Gunnedah that afternoon. We'll turn that data around into, um, into the range of results that we've generated, so raw data, adjusted means and flock breeding values, all the data we spoke about today. Within 24 hours, we'll have that data from the preg scanning or the carcass scanning or the fleece measurement table out to industry. And that's been the big change in, in the last 10 years, where it used to take us two or three months sometimes to get the data and work it all out. Now, now we, can, we, we can do that stuff within 24 or 48 hours. So that's a bit of a window into the future about how we can start using data as, as this evolves because, well, here in Victoria, they've got compulsory EID and everyone's sort of wondering, well, how do we make this work easily, passively and uh, more effectively? Do you have faith that that's going to get easier and more functional? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, look, I come from New South Wales. We're not blessed with a government that wants to subsidise our ear tags, but breeders like me actually use electronic ear tags anyway because we see the benefit in access to instant information. So we can make in classing, in visual classing uh, decisions up the race, we can make instant decisions based on all the available information we've got. So it just streamlines the process. It means we can run more sheep, you know, per, per labour unit, we can make better breeding decisions, you know, we can, we can just do it more efficiently all over. Ben Swain from the Australian Merino Sire Evaluation Association and the number cruncher at the Merino Lifetime Productivity Project. Well, Tom Silcock has been involved with Sire Evaluation for decades and is in fact the outgoing chair of the MLP site at Balmoral. I sat down with Tom and asked him just what the difference was between the SAR evaluations that he's been involved with for many years and this Merino Lifetime Productivity Project. One of the greatest things about it for me is that we are having doors open for the first time, opportunities that we could perhaps still may not even be able to conceive some of them now. But uh, the information and new information flow is what MLP is all about. And also one of the other critical things for me is road testing 
uh, and doing a litmus test on our current evaluation systems. I've been saying for a long time, I think our current uh, selection process has been hijacked by immature measurements, uh, and we've seen over and over again where people are disappointed with uh, selection on existing systems. Fleece weight is a good one that often lets people down. Uh, so doing a lifetime analysis of those predictions and following that through to reality is a great way to really get confidence in using the best systems for selection in the future. Well, if they did these measurements on people, you'd come out pretty well because you seem to have as much energy now <laughs> as you did many, many years ago. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's... Yeah, it is exciting because there are uh, things like number of lambs weaned, you know, and early lamb survival, like it's our Achilles heel. Uh, we're just losing far too many uh, lambs that just never make it to the weaning date. Uh, and there's a lot of money invested in those genetics. That loss has a massive impact on selection uh, percentage, uh, culling rates, and it's all profit, and let alone some of the um, welfare issues. I believe out of MLP, that's another issue that we'll probably get a lot of really good data that will help us to understand what is the driving force in keeping lambs alive, uh, let alone getting them, getting the ewes in lamb first, and then keeping the lambs alive, and then getting really good growth rates. One of the issues with MLP I find as a communicator is that it, it is uh, such a big project and it is such a complicated project, it's a bit like a bowl of spaghetti, that it's actually quite hard to communicate. So what, what do you say to people, commercial wool growers, that are not necessarily uh, interested in SIR evaluation trials or, or, or um, weather trials? What do you say to them to get their interest in this? You've hit the nail on the head. It is really difficult because it's so diverse. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, watch this space because I think out of this trial, we're going to have a whole new set of selection processes endorsed or uh, new ones created that um, will be the way of the future. And some of the stuff we've done in the past will be thrown on the scrap heap. You know, like genomics. Genomics has massive potential. But um, you know, it may not be God's gift to everything. You know, like we, we may not get all our answers out of it, but some of the hard measure ones like worm resistance, fat, muscle, eating quality, we are now wanting to produce a quality wooled, fine wooled, quality wooled, uh, dual purpose animal that has great e eating qualities, great fertility. You know, it's a different animal that we're even trying to select for a few years back. And now we can actually get it all, but we need to be able to measure it and we need to know what analysis works and what analysis doesn't. And the industry is in such a, a, a great position at the moment. Perhaps there's, there's never been a better time in the history of the Australian sheep industry to, to, to get things such as reproduction right and actually get the highest possible weaning rate that you can. The beauty of the yeah, the beauty of the merino industry, you know, like we're getting really well rewarded for uh, the wool, we're getting really well rewarded for the carcass, and we're getting really well rewarded for having more lambs on the ground. Uh, luckily, in Western Victoria at the moment, we've had two great seasons, so we can actually uh, look at uh, utilising all the sheep we can breed. Um, you know, when tough seasons hit, that isn't always the case. But yeah, everything we can do with our merinos at the moment is delivering uh, dollars in our back pocket and it's a great time to be there 
and there is new technologies coming on board all the time. I actually take my hat off to uh, the state government for mandatory EIDs, and I know that's been pretty debated by a lot of people, but that commitment has also uh, helped a commitment into investing into new technologies to uh, get better results from that equipment, um, and that's just opening more and more doors to enable us to achieve more and more. Well, Tom, I think, uh, am I right in saying you're the outgoing site manager at Balmoral in Western Victoria after how many years? No, so I'm not. I, I'm actually still the MLP site manager. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> but I am the outgoing uh, site chairman after 10 years. So I've been 20 years I've been on this committee since we started running soil evaluation trials on our property, personal property for a couple of years, 20 years ago. Uh, done 20 years following on from Robert Plush doing the first 10 years. I've done 10 years. I'm very comfortable to re- remain involved, but uh, we've got a very enthusiastic site committee with a lot of younger members uh, coming in, and uh, I look forward to working beside them in keeping uh, the enthusiasm going. Well, um, thank you for your, all your work that uh, the, the, the overall industry will be benefiting from from years to come. Um, thanks for joining us on The Yarn today. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Marius. So that's Tom Silcock from the Merino Lifetime Productivity Project. From me, Marius Cumming, that's the yarn for this time. Look forward to catching up with you soon. If you have any uh, ideas of what you'd like to hear on the podcast, uh, send them through to theyarn at wool.com. But from me, Marius Cumming and Tom Silcock, it's farewell for now. Mm-hmm.